listening to the Sunday morning service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Butler. To learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. Before I dismiss the junior high, I have one more announcement here to let you know about some things, and uh, it'd be good for them to hear too. You know, um, have you known in 2 Chronicles, the Bible says that uh, it was when Jehoshaphat was, they were surrounded. If you don't know the story, it's in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. But anyways, it was, they were surrounded, and so Jehoshaphat said, let's pray. Let's set ourselves to pray. And so they began to pray, but then the prophet of God got up and he said, the battle's not yours, but the Lord's. Amen. Amen. And, he, and uh, then Jehoshaphat got up and said, okay, so if you, if you believe the Lord, so shall you be established. And if you believe his prophets, so shall you prosper. And then they went out and sent the praisers out there and God set ambushes and it took them four days to haul back all of the spoils and all the great things that were there. Anyways, next, uh, next Sunday, we are going to be doing something totally different. It's a big announcement. I had a, a couple of friends of mine that operate as prophets and I don't go too much by a lot of things. I always judge everything, but these guys are really cool. In one sense, they're, they're good friends of mine, and, they, and I figured since God warned me twice, I might as well better listen. Amen? It's always good to look at things. But I check things out. But anyways, one of the friends of mine shared, and all of you that are online, make sure you're waking up, telling everybody that, hey, he's about to say something really important, is that said that we need to uh, prepare for this summer for what's going to happen in the fall. There's going to be some supernatural things that are going to take place. Actually, one of them told me, he said, listen, you better take a sabbatical right now because you're going to be running so fast and so hard in the fall, you're not going to have time for anything. I thought, well, I'm already running so fast. I'm already doing more than 10 other people I know. You know, I I got my wonderful wife who has all kinds of ideas. And I love them. I love to do that with them. But praise the Lord. You know, uh, you know, she gathers everything. And listen, if you want your kids to be blessed, I mean, literally, they got hats, backpacks, all kinds of stuff. I mean, these are, they're, they're all cool stuff. None of this stuff is. It's really cool stuff. So... You know, uh, anyways, but for that, but anyways, the Lord just spoke, you know, and I just, so I began to pray about it, take hold of it. And like I said, then another friend of mine who operates in that prophetic gift too said, listen, there's something going to happen in the fall. Don't know what's going to happen. I don't know, except for, I do believe with all of my heart that God has his hand upon our church. Amen. I believe that with all of my heart. And so begin to pray about some things, and we've both been praying about it and seeking the Lord about some stuff. And, uh, and how do you, you know, I mean, we just keep going. But how do, you, how do you step back and say, okay, here's what we're going to do. But here's what we're going to do, and it's going to be a little bit of a challenge. Uh, but for the summer, for the summer, from this next Sunday until we decide uh, of what's going to transpire, we're actually going to be going to one service at 10 o'clock. And I know it's going to make it a little bit crowded in here. We're going to have very excitement. You're going to have all the things. Uh, and, but that's going to be good. Somebody says, well, that's not conducive for growth. It's conducive for excitement and growth. We'll set up a few more chairs. It'll be okay. We're all good. Everything's good. And we are going to still be online and all that kind of stuff. But the reason we're going to do that is because you're going to save me from having preaching twice a day. And uh, twice things on it. But also, the Lord just told me, bring everybody together. Because uh, I said, Lord, that's not where we're, we're doing great. 
great. We're doing really good. But the Lord said, bring everybody together. Let's go through the summer. And then let's, because I've got some great things in store for you in the fall. So if nothing else, just hang out till the fall. Okay. Just show up, come, you know, hey, and see what God does because he's about to do that. Okay, junior high, you guys can take off. Hallelujah. Go ahead. Praise the Lord for that. And, uh, uh, but I'm excited about it. Can I just share with you, you know, there's some things going to happen of what God's doing in our lives. I've always sensed that there's something super and supernatural going to happen in September of this year. I told that to my wife. I've been telling her that for, you know, I just kind of, you know, just for there's something, I don't know what, and it doesn't make anything. What makes it just means there's something supernatural that's going to happen. You say, I don't know. I just know God is just stirring in my heart that he's going to do something. And uh, the Bible says that, you know, the church is going to get brighter and brighter and brighter. The Bible says that as we continue to, to, to just get closer and closer to Jesus coming back, that there's going to be some supernatural things happening. Amen? And I am determined. I am determined that it's going to happen here. This is an open heaven. I believe that. I believe this is a place where the fire and the power of God's going to be made manifest. That God's going to uh, touch our lives like nobody else. And we're going to just, we're just, we're just pressing in. Amen? Amen. Allowing God to be God in our lives. And so, just remind, 10 o'clock, it's going to be 10 o'clock. Say, why'd you pick 10 o'clock? Because we have one at 9 and one at 11. It's halfway in the middle. Okay? <laughs> you know. You know, those that like to sleep in late, one at 10.30. Those that like to be early, one at 9.30. I said, we're going to 10. No. It was just, it just seemed that we, we've done that before. And, um, but I just really feel like that's what the Lord said to do. So we're going to do that. You know, Larry Hutton is a really good friend of mine. Really, pre- He doesn't even know that we're going to one service. He, as far as he's because he's doing two. But when he gets here, he'll know he's doing one. One big one. And God, I really believe that he's going to have a word from God for us to kind of kick it off what we're doing here. And then we have another guest speaker that's going to be here in July. We have another guest speaker that's going to be here in August. And uh, I believe each one of these are going to just, they're going to, they're going to have something that's going to be, and it's going to be a catalyst that goes right on into it. Somebody says, well, do we have any guest speakers after that? Well, we will have one on our celebration day, but we don't have any right now. We're just going to let God be God. Amen? And, and when I say that, I just share that because my heart is, and it's not to make it so uh, like, oh, what is going to... No, it's to say, listen, right now, we're not going to maintain... I'm not a maintenance pastor. I just got to keep pressing in. We're going to keep building. We're going to keep growing. We're going to keep going. You know, we're going to have VBS. We're believing for lots of kids to get born again. We really are. We want, we want as many kids to come as they can come. We're preparing for 100. We've already got like 40 already signed up through the preschool. So that means, uh, you know, and, and last summer we had 40 some odd kids come and sign up. So we already know we have 85. So, we, you know, we didn't use much faith for 15. But we're believing, you know. So praise God. But anyways, you know, we're still believing. And uh, so, so why don't we put a big banner up here? Because if we put a big banner up here, all, you know, everybody and their brother will know about it. We're just letting you know about it so we can get everybody here. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, if you brought your Bibles, turn with me, if you would, to Matthew chapter 7. Hallelujah. We are going to talk about the fatherhood of God, the unchanging fatherhood of God. That's the title is the unchanging fatherhood of God. Because, I mean, you know, God never changes. And now, whether you had a good father or a bad father, you know, I know that that, that has bearing on a lot of things. But when you got born again, you got the greatest father of all. See, God will make up all the difference. Or if you lost your father at an early age, 
God will make up the difference. You know, my father passed away. He was 53 years old. I was 28 years old, or going to be 28 years old when he passed away, and or 29. Uh, but anyway, so uh, I was, you know, when I got the opportunity to perform his funeral. And, uh, you know, me and my dad were very, very close. And my dad was an awesome guy and a wonderful guy. And, uh, but um, I share this with you. It's because, you know, you, you miss out on some things or you're just kind of, but God always makes up the difference. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. He always does. And here in uh, Mark chapter, or Matthew chapter 7, we're going to begin reading at verse 7 in just a moment. But there's a scripture. I want to start out, too, a little bit of a scripture here in Psalms 103 and verse 13. The King James Version says this, Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord treats those who fear him. The New Living Translation says this, The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. Another translation says that this, it says that like as a father cuddles his children. Now you may not like cuddles, but cuddles are pretty cool when you cuddle little babies and those kind of things. But like a father cuddles his children, so the Lord treats those or cuddles those that fear him. Because God is a protector. God cares. Amen? God loves you. Amen. Why is it so important? Because God made Adam and Eve. God formed this whole thing because he wanted a family. And God wanted you. Amen? Did you know that? Sometimes people have a thought process of thinking, well, I found God, and I don't know if he really wanted me or not, but I found him, so I latched onto him. No, if you found God, if you've made Jesus the Lord of your life, guess what? He wanted you. He wanted you because the Bible says you can't be drawn to God unless the Holy Spirit draws you. So God wanted you. God chose you, the Bible says. Amen? But look what he says here in Matthew chapter 7. He says, keep on asking, verse 7. He said, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open." And he says, you parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? How much more? Everybody say, how much more? more? You know, you need to meditate on how much more. My spiritual father, who's gone on to be been to heaven, I was in a meeting one time and he was preaching. All of a sudden he stopped, put his hand down and turned around and said, listen, you need to meditate on how much more. And I've been meditating on that for 30 years because it was 30 years ago when he did that. I've been meditating on how much more and that's why I have this great big God who loves me because... I know how I love my kids. I know I love my grandkids. I know what I want to do for them. I know that I love them. I want to help them. I want to do them. I want to bless them. And God said, listen, if you being sinful know how to do all that, how much more? And I'm like, God, if you're bigger than me, you're big. Amen. Amen. When you meditate and when you think, when I say that, all you do is you're thinking about, wow, how great is our God? How awesome is our God? Because he said, if we being evil or we being sinful know how to give good gifts unto our how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? Three things I want to give you today. I'm going to give you a bunch of things, but three, three main things is that, number one, God cares. 
God cares. And if he cares, now it's not, see, most people think, well, they, they, they care, but they don't do anything. God cares, but God doesn't have this ooey-gooey feeling. God cares enough to love you. God cares enough to be your protector, your guider, your shield. God cares enough to be everything for you. Amen? John chapter 15 and verse 1 says this. I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. Now in the King James, you know that, say what does that mean? That means he's the caretaker. He's the protector. He's the shield. He's a sustainer. He's a trainer and he's an educator. God doesn't leave you out here and say, hey, just do it. That's the one thing I, you know, my dad, growing up, my dad, he used to say, we'd say I'd say, I can't. And he'd say, nah, can't's not in the dictionary. I didn't know can't was in the dictionary until I was in the third grade. <laughs> I, I mean, I knew it was a word, but I, I mean, I was like, you can't say can't around my dad. If you said you can't, he said, no, you, if I say you can, you can. Let me just tell you a story. I mean, me and my brother, I think I was about nine. He's probably 11. He's two years older than me. So I may have been younger. I don't know. I may have been even younger than this. But at nine, I think it was, I think I was nine. I think it was 11 because that's when some things, we, started, we, we lived on a little farm. had 10 acres. My dad got up one day and he said, hey, you and your brother got to go out there and uh, you guys got to, you know, I want you guys to go put the fence around 10 acres. Bob wire fence, five strands. He said, here's the keys to the truck. No kidding. No kidding. Gave my brother the keys to the truck. My brother's 11, I'm 9. We go out and we, we drive in steel stakes because we, you know, we back a truck up there because we, we're not tall enough to get on top of the stakes. And we didn't have one of them fancy things here. I had to hold it while he hit a sledgehammer. This is dangerous. <laughs> and then we're pulling barbed wire. We're setting posts because my daddy said we could. Nobody told us that we couldn't. And we did it. And I look back at that going, I would not let none, I would let my kids or my grandkids drive my truck at nine years old. I won't let them drive it now if they're 16. What are we talking about? I might be in the car and help them to drive it, but I ain't going to give it to them. What are we talking about here? You know, because it was a new truck at that time. And it was a stick shift, three on the column. We had to learn how to do it. I couldn't even see over the windshield. But I learned how to drive when I was nine years old. Learned how to pull wire. Do all that kind of stuff. You say, that's crazy. I know. But my dad said we could. So we didn't think anything about it. The wonderful thing about it is, you know, God said that it should be so easy for us to transfer our kids' trust from us to him. Amen. It should be so when they turn 18, 19, and when they want to do their own things, it's all good. Now we can come in. Here, the same trust you have here is the same trust you should have, or even more so. Amen? Because that's what God wanted to do. God wanted to do it. Hallelujah. Now, thank God my dad loved God. It was so wonderful. But he, he just thought, hey, you guys just do it. Isn't that amazing? Now, like I said, we, 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 we've done a great disjustice on our kids. We should probably work them a lot harder. But all the kids are going, uh-uh, we don't want to work harder. No. But, you know, would have been better for them there. You know. But not only does God care for us, but here's the second thing is God loves you. And I'd separate these two for the reason being, a lot of people know, well, God cares. Yeah, God cares. God cares. God made a way for you to make heaven. But when you know God really loves you, you know he's always going to be there in all the situations that you have. God loves you. Turn to your neighbor and say, God even loves you. Turn to your other neighbor and say, God even loves you, and tell it to him back, too. Hallelujah, you know. <laughs> See, God, God called us 
because he wanted to have a relationship and fellowship with us. That's what makes God. And God is so faithful. God is so faithful. See, a lot of us have the story of there is Jesus. And you see that there is Jesus and all that goes on and what has transpired. All of us have a story. And in the midst of it, Jesus has been with us. And the reason that we, I had her sing, Great is Thy Faithfulness, which kind of rocks people's world, is because God is so faithful. Even when we're not faithful, even when we, don't, we let God down, even when we all mess up, God is so faithful. And he always does so much more. God always does exceeding abundantly above all that we could even ask or think. He always does when you want to do that. Romans 8, what, 8, 28 says, all things work together for the good to those that love God and who are called according to his purpose. That means all things work together for the good. Amen? I like that song about in my father's house because it says the story isn't over if the story isn't good. So if your life's not good, your story's not over. Hallelujah. God has some bigger and better things for you because he's got, Jesus is coming, hallelujah, and he's got heaven waiting for you. But see, not only does God care for us, not only does God love us, but God protects us. Why? Because he loves us. His great love wherewith he loves us. You know, go with me. We go over to uh, John chapter 17. Go to John chapter 17. I just want to get you to know the biggest thing if you come out of here, I want you to know God cares for you, God loves you, and God will protect you. So no matter what the enemy, no matter what the devil says, no matter what anybody else says, no matter what the news say, no matter what's going on, no matter how lack of this or lack of that, God is going to provide. I'm going to declare it right now. I'm going to tell you right now, glory to God, you know, we're not going to run out of water. God's going to bring rain to our state sometime soon in Jesus' name. God's going to do it. God's going to replenish. There's going to be some things take place and happen. Glory to God. Because I'm here and you're here. I said, God, you didn't tell us to stay here and be here and do all this so we could run out with things. You're going to bring things to us. I don't care about all, you know, yeah, we got a bunch of sin. Yeah, we got a goofy place. Yes, we got all kinds of things. But those that are, you know, those that are whole need not a physician, praise God. But as long as God's got me here, he's going to bring provision. Amen. Amen. And, and, and we need that. Hallelujah. And I'm also taking authority over the crazy weather. We not it shouldn't have 110, 112. It was hot. Glory be to Jesus. We need to just. I said, Lord, I didn't. I, did, I haven't sinned that bad. We need to figure this out. I want to remind you. I said, Lord, I'm here. And if you did it for Elijah, you can do it for me. Amen. Amen. Seriously, you know, we we do that. We laugh and we say things, but now. You know, God loves me. I'm one of his favorites. I'm going to let you know that. You are too. You guys, God doesn't have any favorites, but I always say that because it makes people mad. <laughs> so I got to make you mad and make you stir you up to get this. See, one of the problems that we have is that we, we get this thinking that God's way out there and we're down here and he's just kind of like, well, yeah. And listen, I know Jesus is coming back really soon. I do believe that with all my heart. But in the midst of it, that doesn't stop me from asking for God for everything. That doesn't stop me from saying, Lord, no. In the midst of it, we're going to have revival. In the midst of it, we're going to have springs that are going to rise up. So I don't know if you know, but there are things that are happening in Israel right now that uh, all of a sudden, especially in the places where when, when, the, when the tribulation comes, there's a place where in the Bible it talks about, it says that's where they need to run to. That's where it's a physical place, okay? 
But you know what God did right now? Is he basically had water come bubbling up and come up out of a rock and he's making nice springs there right now. So so when they get there, they got water. Because there was no water there. And so he's doing all that right now, getting everything prepared for that. So I thought, well, Lord, if you can do that there, you can do that here. Because they are nothing too hard for God. So, well, yeah, but not, hey, see, we all get into the natural. Remember what Elijah did? I, this is not even part, it's just coming out now. Hallelujah. You, you can listen to the first service, you find out I did pretty good there. But uh, stayed on task. It must be somebody wanting to see this over here. No, it's your here, but here it is. Is it Elijah? You know, we know the word of the Lord came to Elijah and he spoke so it couldn't rain. And then the word of the Lord came to him and said, hey, you know, go up and pray. Isn't it amazing? God told him to go up and pray. The first time God said, go and tell King Ahab and Queen Jezebel and say, hey, it's not going to rain for three and a half years. But then when, when it was, came back, then God told me, you know, go up to pray. Go up to pray. And he went up on Mount Carmel to pray. And we all know the story. If we don't know the story, here's the story. He goes up to pray and he prays and he sends his servant out there. He says, go look. And the servant goes, ain't nothing out there. Blue skies. Praying. Go look again. He goes back, ain't nothing out there. He said, go look again. He said, ain't nothing there. He said, go look again. I'm praying. You can see the servant, okay, fourth time, fifth time, sixth time. He said, this is getting old, Elijah. This is getting old. Go look again. Hey, <sighs> okay, that might be something. So he comes back and he tells Elijah, I see a cloud about the size of a man's hand. And Elijah jumps up. He said, go run and tell King Ahab he better get his horses and chariots together because it's about to rain. And before they can get down out of the mountain, it began to rain. And the Bible says that Elijah, he girded up his, you know, as they wore them long robes, he girded it up and outran the king's chariot across those things seven miles. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That would have been a sight to see. Wouldn't it have been that guy holding it like this, running out, running the king's chariot? My gosh. That would have been like, yes. You talk about a work in a mirror. But see, then it rained. Listen, when I was in, you know, I was just praying about this. It's just like when I was in Missouri visiting my mom and everything, it rained four inches in an hour. I watched a two-foot stream cut down the driveway and cut a two-foot hole in the driveway by the water, but the water coming down just... Literally, we had to have the rock quarry come over and dump a whole truckload of, of rock and fill it out so we could get out of the driveway. And that was just right there. And I thought, Lord, you could get four inches in an hour here. You could do four inches in an hour in Cal. Do you know, come on, what's going on here? It's just a good old thunderstorm in the afternoon. And if you've never been in something like that, that, that you, all of us would be outside just going, Yahoo! <laughs> I mean, you would be, buddy. You get knocked over with things like that. But it, it was wonderful. I said, Lord, you can do this. You can fix the drought in an hour. In an hour. In an hour. Exactly. He can. He can just fix it. He can fix it. I mean, I, you see something like that happen, you're going to go, my gosh, we're going to be in trouble here. But it just... So we don't want like that. Yes, we do. We want to deluge. We want the spirit of God. Let's bring this back over. Let's bring it back over. Because see, our, our father loves us. I said, Lord, no, 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 no. No, no, no. You know, I grew up. It's like, nope, nope. I, I always grew up saying, no, this is, we're in the house. Everything comes in the house is community property. 
It was always with food, you know. See, I don't believe in, you know, this minor hours. That doesn't work. Everybody else does that. No, if you bring something in the house, it's free. It's just the way it is. This is the house. The house rules. You know, that's just the way. That's the way we grew up. So, you didn't, you know, if you wanted to hide something, you better have it in your room under lock and key. Because if they brought it in the house, we could eat it. So the key is, if we're in the Father's house and he loves us, see, we look at things and that's why we don't receive because we think God loves somebody better than us. But look at here in John chapter 17. Let me begin reading here. Let's begin reading in verse 20, okay? He said, I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. This is for you and I. So Jesus is praying this for you. I pray that they will all be one just as you and I are one as you are in me father and I am in you and may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me I have given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one I am in them and you are in me may they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them As much as you love me. Father, I want these to whom you have given me to be with me where I am. Then they can see all the glory you gave me because you loved me even before the world began. Amen. But verse 23, the latter part of that, it says that I want these to whom you, you know, actually to be with us, verse 24, but back up a little bit far, it says that you love them as much as you love me. See, as much as God loves Jesus, he loves me. You need to get a revelation of that. How much more will God do for you? How much more will God... See, it's the body of Christ as Christians. God said he'd never leave us or forsake us, Amen. He's going to be with us always. He said, so you don't have to worry about man's going to do unto you. He said, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to help you. Amen? Amen? And if you, you know, remember over there in, in, in John chapter 16, verse 23, he said this. He told his disciples, he, said, he was trying to tell them, I'm going to change your allegiance from me to the Father. Because I'm going, but I'm going to give you another comforter. But he's going to drag it. And you're going to be able to ask the Father. You don't have to ask me anymore. You're going to get to be able to go straight to God. Aren't you glad we get to go to the Father God in the name of Jesus? We get to receive all. But here he said in, in, the, in the 23rd verse of the 16th chapter, he said, at that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth. You will ask the Father directly. God loves you. And he will grant your request because you use my name. You haven't done this before. Ask using my name and you will receive and you will have an abundant joy that your joy may be full. I mean, like I said, remember I said, I, I meditated on how much more that God loves me, how much more the Father wanted to do. And when you meditate, you just keep thinking, what do I want? What I would do for somebody? How do I help, you know, my word? And then you think, how much more will God pour out his love? He loves me just like he loves Jesus. Jesus always got his prayers answered. Amen? Jesus always did. You know, when I can remember one time many, many years ago too, but I can remember all of a sudden I just was, was talking and praying to the, and the, I just heard this, I just heard it on the inside of me. It wasn't out of it, just, and it says, you know, the Lord just said, I hear you. The Father said, I hear you. And it just melted. I thought, you, you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Because see, when I, when I was a little kid, when I got my father's attention, 
How many of you know that we don't get our father's attention much? You know, we don't get our mama's attention very often unless we do something wrong. But we just, you know, it's like, but, you know, but when I got my father's attention and I knew he heard me and then he answered me back in a court and he'd say, okay, we're going to do, you could take that to the bank. Not one time did he ever disappoint me because I knew he heard me. Now, there were many times I thought he heard me and I got in trouble. <laughs> Because I thought he, he heard me, so I thought it was okay. And he didn't hear me. It was not okay, see? But when I knew he heard me, because when I knew he had his attention and he had mine, and I had his heart, he had my heart, I received every time. So when God says he, and guess what? God says he hears us. Because you remember what 1 John chapter 5 says, verse 14 and 15. It says, this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his word or his will... He hears us. And if we know that he hears us, then we know that we have the petitions that we desire. Amen? So if I know God hears me, I know I got it. He hears me. And when God said that, to, I thought, God hears me. I'm praying to a God that listens. I'm not just wishing and hoping, but I'm praying to a God who listens supernaturally. Hallelujah. It's so important to know when you understand that, then you're like, who cares what's going on? Who cares about the devil and all the ugly things he's trying to do? Amen. Amen. Go with me through it to Psalms 91. Hallelujah. Go to Psalms 91. Hallelujah. I just want to share some things that should make you happy. Hallelujah. And if it don't, doesn't matter. It makes me happy, so I'm good. I always preach me happy. Hallelujah. That's one of my famous sayings. And uh, got that from somebody else, but I, I keep it. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Aren't you glad that the Lord can be your shepherd? That's probably one of the greatest things to it. It just means something to us. When you know the love of the Father, it changes everything. When you know that you're loved. See, because you know, 1 John 4, 16 says this. You know, I gave you, four, uh, uh, you know, 5, 14 and 15. But 1 John 4, 16 says, says, we know and believe the love that God hath to us. We know and believe the, God, the love that God has to us. Why? For God is love. He doesn't have love. He is love. So we know and believe it. That's one thing. It's, it always amazed me. I've been preaching all these years, been into and it's so hard, it amazes me is how many Christians are non-believers. Yeah, Lord, I, you know, they always say, Pastor, I know that, but got a lot of goats, but we got to get some sheep going on here. Here's the thing, because everybody's always button. But... But it's like, yeah, but look at everything that's good. God loves us. He's going to do things. You talk about how awesome. Yeah, Pastor, but. I said, why you always got to this? Why you always got to throw things on there? What's going on? See, because people have a hard time believing the goodness of God. They have a hard time believing in the faithfulness of God. Say, so, yeah, but my life, I understand. There's all kinds of differently difficulties, all kinds of things. But aren't you glad that God said that he'll, he'll deliver you out of all your troubles? In fact, let's find that out. Let's read Psalms 91. Let's look at verses 14. Just 14, 15. It's just three verses. And I'm going to give you seven things God said about you that he'll do for you that you need to grab. I always found out in the word of God. And of course, I've always been a very positive person. I've been positive. I just said, I don't know why. I have no idea. If you hung around my family, you'd see negativity. Love my family, you know, but they just, but I'm just, I just is what I is. 
you know. And uh, probably the reason I, I'm so positive is because I was by myself for a long time growing up. I liked me better than everybody else, so I, I, got, I got along with me better. So, you know, it worked out a whole lot better along those lines. But, no, I just found out that God loves me. And so when anybody else would say anything wrong or bad or do things, it'd be like, doesn't matter. All of us have stories. All of us have things that take place. Amen? You know, I shared in the first service, and very comical, but it's actually very, very true. Because, you know, my life is that I grew up in church, and uh, then I started in ministry at 19 years of age, okay? So I didn't have a lot of time to do a lot of stupid stuff, okay? Uh, So anyways, but then being in ministry and doing, I got to counsel people. That was the best thing I ever did, to learn how to not be stupid, because I'd counsel couples. I remember I started out and, and I was a senior pastor, uh, you know, <laughs> and I was only, you know, uh, <laughs> wow, I had just turned 24 and became a senior pastor. So I was 24 years old. And anyways, I was counseling people that had been married longer than I'd been alive. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you're sitting there talking to a husband and a wife there and, and then the wife's telling about all the dumb things the husband's doing. And I'm trying to figure out, and I'm going, oh, my God, I'm doing that stupid thing, too. i got to stop that. I don't want to end up like this guy. No, got to change that. You know, so I, and I'm praying, Lord. And God would, you know, I mean, thank God, God's grace. He'd give me some supernatural things of the Word of God, and I'd give him the Word, you know, because that's all I had. Didn't know anything else. But, man, then I'd counsel another couple, and I'd be like, he's sitting, and she'd start telling how dumb he is. I said, oh, gosh, doing that, too. Stop it. I take notes. I learned what not. I mean, I learned I grew so much. Counseling all these folks, man, I knew I was doing all the dumb things too, just like everybody else. But when I was talking to them, God would give supernatural things. I'd be like, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you. I'm going to go home and repent right now. I go home and repent, you know. So they say, oh, Pastor, you're just so smart, just know how to do No, man, God showed me how dumb I was to everybody else. It was awesome. Because he loved me. He said, we're going to need you to help people, so I need to help you. So I said, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm not that smart, but I just learned how to be a lot smarter listening to all the problems of everybody else. And I realized I was doing the same thing. I just started out earlier. I said, I could listen to somebody who'd been married 24 years and all the dumb things he did over 24 years. I said, well, I've done that. <laughs> yeah, we're going to quit that. It worked out well. Amen. But see, those are the things about it is that our Heavenly Father will show us things. He'll help us. But look at this, what he said here. It says, the Lord, and I'm reading out of, out of uh, the New Living, but he uh, says, the Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. The King James says, I will deliver those who love me. Aren't you glad that God will rescue you and he'll deliver you? I'm so glad he delivered me from me. I was my worst enemy. I was. I, I got in the way all the time. I was me. I, I was my work. But I, God delivered me from me, and he delivered me because I set my love on him. Look what the next verse says. It says, I will protect those who trust in my name. Amen. The King James Version says, I will set them on high, which means I'm going to let them above all the circumstances. I'm going to protect those who set their trust in my name. Aren't you glad for God's divine protection? I'm so glad for that. God, he has protected me so much. He has done so great. He, and he has delivered me out of all of my dumb things. Praise God. Hallelujah. Look at the next thing that he says here. He says that when they call on me, I will answer. God's not withholding. God said, when you call on me, I will answer. 
Now, you may not like the answer he gives, you know, because he may say no, or he may say it ain't none of your business. And many people say, well, God would never do that. God would never hurt my feelings. Well, God would talk to you really nicely. He'd say, listen, you know, that you don't need to know that right now. You don't need, he'll, he'll be real nice and flowery. Me, he just says, ain't none of your business. Don't touch it. And then he gives me a scripture. You know, Deuteronomy 29, 29 says, the secret things belong to the Lord. But the things that are revealed to you are for you and for your children. If I didn't reveal it, it ain't none of your business. If you don't know about it, then don't touch it. Amen. Yeah. I, you know, I've asked the Lord about a lot of people. And he say, I, I ain't going to tell you. You just need to love them. I say, okay, I just love them. You know, I know you never asked the Lord about what's wrong with that person. But as a pastor, I have to ask him that. Lord, what's going on here? Have me help him. You know. But anyways, he said, he's going to answer you. God's not withholding. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. He goes on to say, I will be with them in trouble. Man, even when you make all the trouble, even when you do everything, God's going to be there in the midst and he's going to deliver you out of it. You say, yeah, but it's my fault. I know what you're, it's always your fault. It's never God's fault. It's, most of the time, it's not even the devil's fault. <laughs> Amen. Well, I mean, we have a devil. But most of the time, it's just you saying, I want it, I want it, and you got it. And now you don't know what to do with it because you messed up. But the wonderful thing is, is he's going to be with you right there in the midst of your trouble. David said it like this. David said, Lord, if even if I make my bed in hell, you're going to be there. I thought, whew, glory be to Jesus. See, that may not excite you. Because, see, most of you, you're just saints. You ain't never done nothing wrong. Me, even though I've done some things, and like I said, I'm my worst enemy. I get out and I get in and I get into trouble and I go, okay, Lord, I did this, but I need some help getting out of it. And he always does. He always does. He always causes me to triumph. He always delivers me. Because he said, he said, I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to rescue you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to answer you. I'm going to be with you in trouble. Notice what else he says. He says, I will rescue and honor them. God's going to honor you. When you honor God, God will honor you. Amen. What does it mean? When, what happens when God honors you? Is God vindicates you? God lifts you up. God's going God's to see to it that you keep going, that you keep doing God, because God's on your side. Don't try to fight your own battles. Let God fight those battles. This is what God said. This is Psalms. These are things that they're divine. But this is what he said there. When we set our love on God does it. He goes on to say, I will reward them with long life and give them my salvation. Long life and salvation. How did he's going to show himself so strong, so awesome, so one? Because God's always going to be God. He will always take a father's place and he will always do a father's part. Because he's our father. And we take hold of him. You know, for me, I just thank God for that. I thank God for his great love. And I thank God that he, no matter how, how I mess it up, he fixes it. Amen. And he even surprises me so much because he said, surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. Amen? You know, Psalms 27, 1 says this. It says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Glory to God. See, when I trust in him, 
you know, well, Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, commit to him and he'll direct your paths is what the next verse says. See, my problem is, is my, I like my understanding. I'm always trying to figure it out. But when I let God be God in my life, when I understand, he's my father and he, I hear what he's saying. Hallelujah. And if I listen to my father, great things begin to take place. See, God cares. He loves and he protects. And he's going to continue to do that. Guess what? The best is yet to come because we're one step closer to what Jesus But the best is what we're doing right here, right now, taking what God has in our lives. So no matter what goes on around you, know that you've got a Father in heaven that you can run to, that you can crawl up and, and let him cuddle you, let him take you, let his tender and compassion. He'll fix it if you'll let him. If you'll, let, if you'll trust him. Things only work if you trust him. Hallelujah. I mean, you know, it's, it's when you know the truth, but if you don't, don't act on it, it doesn't work. But when you know the truth, it sets you free. Amen? It sets you free. It, set, it sets us free. So we take home and say, you know what? God says he's going to deliver me. No matter what you're facing, God's going to get me through this. No matter what's going on, glory to God. God's going to protect me in it. He's going to protect me through it, glory to God. And God's going to speak to me. He's going to answer me when I cry out and call out to him. Amen? He's going to be, me, be with me right in the midst of the trouble. Hallelujah. And in the midst of the trouble, God's going to honor and he's going to bring me out and we're going to come out on top. And he's going to give me a long life and he's going to show me his salvation, his healing, his hope, his thing. God always is going to do that. It's going to be oh, how wonderful. Because guess what? God never changes. It's the unchanging fatherhood of God. God never changes. God is who he is. He said, I am the Lord God. I change not. And I'm always going to be this way. In fact, no matter what you do, God's going to love you. He's going to continue to love you. No matter, you know, that's the thing about it is, is that no matter what. How many of you remember the prodigal son? The prodigal son's not about the prodigal son. The prodigal son is about the actions of the father. It shows us who the father is. The prodigal son squandered. He was two sons, and the one younger son said, I, I don't want to work anymore. Give me my half of my inheritance. Let me get it all, and I want to go do my own thing. So the father divides everything, gives it to the young, and he goes off, and, he, and the Bible says he spends it in riotous living. He goes out to desert. He ends up working for somebody. He ends up in a pig pen, and he's thinking, man, the, I'm going I'm to eat with the pigs because I'm hungry. I'm starving. And then all of a sudden, the Bible says he comes to himself. Most of us need to come to ourselves. And he says, you know what? Servants in my father's house are better than me. So he gets up and he heads home. And the Bible says the father sees him afar off and he runs to him. And it's a type of our father God who runs to him. Here's a guy that did everything wrong, that disowned his father, that said, no, I'm going to, has nothing to offer. And the father runs to him and wraps his arms around him. And the son says, I am no longer worthy to be your son. Just let me be a servant. And the father doesn't even answer him. He just calls for the other servant and says, listen, go get a robe. Put it on him, which is a robe of righteousness. Go get a ring, which signifies sonship. Bring him back into this. He's our son. My son that was dead is now alive. Hallelujah. And God said, it doesn't matter what you've done. 
on. Doesn't matter what goes on. You come back, I'm going to circle you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to take you back in. Because there are no servants, hallelujah, in the body of Christ. We all are servants to serve God, but no, we're all sons and daughters. Amen? There's no stepkids. There's no this. There's no second. There's no grand. We're all kids. We are all his children. Amen? We are all have it. God's going to give it. God's no respecter of persons. He wants to do it. He loves us all the same. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, we just got to make sure we're not like the older brother who being in the house of God or being in his, at his father, he could have done anything because you know what he does? He said, what's going on? Well, your, your brother that was you know, dead and gone, he, your father's received and happy, so he's killed the fatted calf. The older brother's like, all this time I've been in church. All this time I've been going to church. I didn't get nothing. I didn't get no God. You didn't even give me a goat. Don't even like goat, but you didn't even give me a goat. That's the way the rest of the body of Christ is. So we think, man, for, for God to love me, I got to go out and be terrible. <laughs> I got to go out and do things. No, 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 no. Hallelujah. See, we got to see. And now what does the father say? See, see, we miss it. We think, oh, man, the father's great love for the. We miss the whole thing for the older son. because, And then he looks at him and says, hey, everything I have, everything. I divide it in half. half everything here now, everything is yours. You know where the robe is. You know where the jewelry box is. You know where the cows are. They're all yours. See, the problem is, is that you didn't want to. You just didn't want to do it. You didn't want to celebrate. You you didn't want to do anything. You're just working. You didn't want to enjoy. Amen. Don't shout me down now. Y'all got nervous on that. No. See, as we need to understand the love of the Father. See, the oldest, he didn't love with the father. He's still, he's still working for the father, not knowing that all the father has is his. So don't be working for God. Work with him. Let him love you. Enjoy it. I love her dream. Jesus is stopping the fire, stopping the tornado, and he's making the kids laugh. And they don't even see the fire. They don't even see the tornado. Listen, folks, the, the future is so bright and so much fun. Yeah, the world's going to get crazy. It's going to get crazier. Glory to God, they're going to get crazier. You say, how can that be? Let, you know, we just got to reach out and love and reach out to them. But glory be to God, we're going to get brighter and brighter, and we are going to see the hand of God upon our lives. Why? Because we got a great father who's getting excited for the rest of his family to come home. He's getting ready to send Jesus. He's getting ready to send him back and say, come on home. Let's wind this thing up. Let's have fun. So in the midst of this, let's riot. Let's just come and let's let the glory of God, hallelujah, be made manifest. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your amazing grace. Thank you, Father, for these wonderful folks that are here. They're so precious, Lord. I just thank you. Hallelujah. I I just thank you for them. Thank you for all those that are watching too, Lord, that you're just touching their lives. Lord, we honor you and thank you. Oh, that no matter if we're the prodigal son or no matter if we're the elder son, Father, we can receive the blessings that you have for us. No matter if we've missed it and and we need to come in and repent and and ask you to forgive us or if we need to say, wait a minute, wait a minute. I've been just going through the motions. I need to stop. I need to quit working for God or I need to quit thinking, oh, I have to do that. No, I need to start having fun with God. I need to start enjoying life. I need to start allowing God to be God in my life and enjoy what God has given and what God has blessed. 
Lord, you're such a great God. I just trust you. The greatest thing in all the world is to be born again. To know Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior. That's the greatest thing in all the world. Father, not only be born again, be filled with the Spirit and walking and growing up in you. You're so awesome. But Father, as we bow our heads before you right now, if there's anybody here under the sound of my voice or anybody watching that needs Jesus Christ to be the Lord of their life, hallelujah. If you're here and you need Jesus, you may not know, but you need Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life. You need to know that beyond a shadow of a doubt. You say, Pastor, would you pray with me? Yeah, I'll pray with that. I'll leave you. The Bible says it's with the heart that we believe unto righteousness. It's with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That's why the Bible says if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, we would be saved. That's why you got to say, Jesus, I make you my Lord and say, it's a personal salvation. It's personal. So if you're here and you want to know that, if you just don't know, if you want to come back to God or you want to come to God for the first time, raise your hand real high so I can see it because I want to pray with you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, I just thank you for the body of Christ that's here and for those that are watching. Father, our heart is we want the harvest. We want people to be born into the kingdom of God. We want everybody to know how great our God is. And so when we, but here's how we're, they're going to know that we have love one for another, that we really know that you love us, that you love us just as much as you love Jesus. It's the same. Your love is the same. Lord, thank you. As we go today and we fellowship with family, we honor our fathers. Lord, thank you. Let us be reminded of how awesome you are. We honor you, Lord. We honor you of how great you are. Lord, be magnified in our lives. Let us love one another. We just thank you for it now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Harvest Bible Church in Stockton, California. If you live in the area, we would love to have you join us at one of our services on Sundays and Wednesdays. You can check us out at harvestbibleonline.org for location and times. We hope to see you soon.